comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted, giving cool people something to talk about. Welcome to episode 490 of Half Hour Wasted. We got Bill, we got Brad, and we got me, Frank, but we also have a special guest. Uh, I would say on studio, but that would not be correct. Online, I guess, is more correct. Mr. Johnny M. John, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm happy to be back again. I'm happy to see and hear you guys. And uh, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. This is hey, the craziest thing ever because I've never actually seen Johnny M like his face on video or whatever. Like Frank was saying um, last show, or maybe it was before we started rolling, that uh, or was it you, Brad? That was like well, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what you looked like, brother man. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we were, we were going to use this episode four ninety just to kind of play catch up with Johnny and what our lives are kind of up to. Um, this is Johnny. a crazy, crazy, crazy time to be a human being this is i'm i'm convinced now that this is the weirdest time you know we, we've been through some weird times this is the weirdest time in human history for probably at, at least since the world wars i've I mean, never heard or said the word unprecedented more than in the last three months oh that's, and, that's and, the buzzword Truth. And Johnny, you live in New York State, and so tell us a little bit about how you're dealing with, because you're basically in the epicenter. Yeah, so I'm on Long Island, as you uh, may have guessed already <laughs> by hearing me talk. Uh, so so we're a half hour from Manhattan, um, and it was the epicenter of coronavirus. Um, the state wasn't ready and um, we started hearing things about it in February, like everybody else. We got through to Friday, the 13th of March, strangely enough. Saturday, the 14th, my birthday, I was out practicing with my high school baseball team, and we got pulled from the field, and we have not been back to school since. Wow. So that was March, yeah, March 14th. So we're, you know, three months in, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. It's uh, it's wild. And, you know, I, I think partly being in the education field and being a teacher, I was really in a strange haze for about seven weeks because in here in New York, I don't, I don't know what they were doing by you guys, but they were stringing us along two weeks at a time. So they would say, oh, we're going to try for April 1st. Oh, we're going to try for April 15th. Oh, we're going to try for April 30th. So my mind wasn't able to move on. It was just kind of like in this haze of what do I do with myself? What's happening? Then when they finally killed it for the school year, at least now I'm able to, you know, 
know what's happening for the next few months, you know? They uh, they kind of did the same thing down here, although they uh, their their steps were a little longer in stride, I guess, because uh, when they when they told the kids, you know, okay, go start learning via you know distance learning, um, they pretty much said end of April to start with, um, and we we all thought, oh man, um, wouldn't that be nice? The if that had worked out, that would have brought kids uh, back to school. Uh, uh, school gets out down here uh, around May 27, um, the third week of May. So that would have brought kids back just in time for graduation ceremonies and, uh, you know, possible proms and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, very, very quickly, you know, well before we got to the end of April, they said, nah, nah, see you guys next year. Yeah, I, so, I was, uh, so I was I was bummed personally because uh, I've I've now got um, uh, one of these kids who's going to have a story to tell their great grandkids someday um, as uh, the the great and powerful Zoe um, she and all of her peers uh, they they graduated high school um just this last week um uh, at least we got to do it in person um got to take pictures walk across the stage um it's just they were doing it in like groups of 10 and uh that would include you know 10 students plus family and so they would run you through and every like you know minute or so they'd, they'd have another set of people get up on the little miniature stage you know that they've erected and uh um yeah it was uh, uh, a lot better than nothing but man what a drag <laughs> i'm just glad uh, zoe at least got to uh, go out of town and go uh, tubing and rafting over the weekend so she got to get that off her mind real quick good for her uh, Johnny, I wanted to know, you know, we've talked pretty extensively about how we're dealing with, uh, with it here, but let me hear how you're handling it there in New York with your family and stuff like that. How are you guys staying entertained? What are you guys doing for food? You know, stuff like that. Uh, we eat everything. We, <laughs> <laughs> we open the refrigerator a lot. Johnny, how uh, many, how many, uh, pounds have you put on in quarantine? So, I've been in quarantine so long that I actually put on 12, lost 15, and put the three back on. Wow. What? So, Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've, – like I said, I went through that haze period, <laughs> and uh, and then I came out of it, and uh, I'm, I'm leveled off. So I, I feel pretty good right now. Well, if it's any um, consolation, you, your face looks the same. It doesn't look like you're carrying any of the weight there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You're yeah, right. I would have never guessed. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, it's been, there's, there's blessings in it as corny as as that sounds. Um, it's not, it's not corny, man. It's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my daughters are 18 and 16. My older daughter, Erica is also graduating high school. And, you know, this time of year, I'm usually in the baseball mode. I'm coming home late. We're practicing. We have games after school. I'm getting home at night. They're doing their social stuff. You know, I haven't seen them as much as these three months, you know, in the last probably four or five years. Are they sick of you um, yet? Oh, yeah, totally. But they have no, <laughs> they have no choice. Um, so we, you know, we started working out at home. Uh, they won't do that with me, but that's fine. They're doing it and, and I'm doing it. Um, we went through our Netflix phase and we hit up a lot of cool stuff. And, uh, you know, we're walking the dog like crazy. Um you know, I I don't know. We're playing cards. We're zooming with people I haven't seen since high school. You know, there's some good stuff going on in it. So, 
Well, let, let's talk. About, yeah, let's talk about the entertainment because that that's been at least a factor for some of us. You know, uh, um, at first, were you guys just uh, redoing jigsaw puzzles? Do you now have a, a family game night? I mean, what? Uh, how are you guys adjusting to the fact that you're together all the time? So we did a two thousand piece puzzle that started in March and lasted oh, fantastic. A, lasted about a full month. I framed wow. my two thousand piece puzzle. <laughs> yeah, we just we just took hours apart because the only it was it was I bought it in the craze of everything in March and the only there was one puzzle left at Target and I grabbed it and it was like it was like road signs of America. Oh, yeah, hold, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> I, I, I was, was going uh, to get was, the box. Look at him, he's okay. going to get the box. Let's get the box. <laughs> oh, that nice. is challenging. That Dude, is like a, a a montage yeah. of so it song. wasn't the most interesting puzzle. Um, there were a lot of license See, that's plates. Route 66. Route 66 is huge in this part of America. Yeah. So um, there's like a ton of license plates and road signs and get gas. And so it was hard. It was a hard puzzle. I was uh, bracing when you, uh, when you said it was the last puzzle in the store. Uh, I, I just knew that you were going to tell me it was like Hannah Montana. Yeah, Brad's showing me his cool Ooh. Star Wars puzzle, but there were none like oh, that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that is worthy of framing. That's what happened. Yep, it's hanging on yes. my bedroom wall now. Oh my gosh. It's pretty awesome. Did you do the whole thing where you like put it on you did it on paper and you, you glued it and all that? No, so what you, you do just... is you turn the puzzle upside down and then you get this adhesive. It's like a big sticker. Yeah, how do you like do... big yeah, sheets step of one, sticker. How do you do that? Oh, that was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. The way I tried it, I had to redo part of the puzzle. Let's just say oh, that. No. <laughs> and you got to do it upside down yes, so you don't have exactly, any picture cues on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it was the most frustrating. I just wanted to destroy the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about 20 pieces that I had to redo. Yeah, okay. But it was the most frustrating thing to do it looking at a blank gray cardboard backing. Right. So right. anyway, yeah. this this uh, adhesive, it's like a big sheet of sticker paper. And you, yeah, yeah. you place it and you, you rub it and you burnish it down and just, you know, you cover the whole thing, turn it over, boom. It's all, it's all um, you know, one thing. It's awesome. That's fantastic. I, uh, I, I have a friend that uh, her family has uh, a lake house somewhere on, on the East Coast, not sure where, but they have a series of puzzles that they have done over the years so many times that they now do them upside down oh. because it's just like, uh, just just because... You uh, mean like looking at the gray backing? Looking at the gray backing. Oh, wow. Uh, just because they've done them so many times, so it, it, it makes it more challenging. That's Brad, I don't know if I don't know if you experienced this, but I would say a dozen times we declared as a family that piece is missing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way I've been through every piece and that is not in this box. And then you're walking by and you go, Oh, you know, there it is. Yep. <laughs> no, I I feel you. I that's happened. That's a staple of, of just building puzzles anyway. Yeah, I uh, it's so weird. I cannot get either of my beautiful children to express even a tiny bit of interest in doing a puzzle. I, I, I've literally said, I've said a dozen times since Corona. It's labor hit. intensive. Yes, well, it requires well, but, a commitment that today's youth 
just is incapable of doing. And you know what? I, I think it's it's an absolute failing of me, I guess, that uh, I haven't instilled in my children some tiny amount of patience because, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like we don't sit down and do a puzzle and nobody's getting up until this freaking puzzle's done. <laughs> you know, no, that's not it. It's like it's on the kitchen table and, and you spend a week or two weeks or, or you know, a long week, whatever. You, you spend time building it bit by bit and it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be an adrenaline rush, you know. I guess uh, it, yeah, Bill, you don't to, get, to that, me, uh, like, seems... get that from your social media and from your Xbox online gaming and, and stuff, you know. Yeah, Bill, to, it seems like it would be, uh, you know, it's just me, so I would never do a jigsaw puzzle by myself. But it seems like a, like a good social I've thing to do with your kids. And yeah. it's just like you talk about you talk about other stuff while you're doing it, and it just becomes a... You know, just a gab fest, just rapping with the family. Hey, so, that happens when you're alone, too. Because I talk to myself, like, almost the entire time I'm building this 2,000-piece puzzle over several oh, nights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I realized, I am so lonely right now. I'm in quarantine. <laughs> oh, my God. It's day whatever of, of quarantine. Oh, I'm building a 2,000-piece puzzle, and I'm talking to myself like I'm another person. It's, it's, oh, it's crazy. I talk to you myself... Know, little bit but mainly it's me talking to my phone but you know i i we can't actually air any of that uh, i'm i'm not uh I'm, i don't consider a phone my friend it's a it's a tool Dang i uh <laughs> i um during the whole coronavirus thing not having to go out of the house that often i kind of didn't comb my hair a lot so <laughs> so it just kind of was natural you know i just wasn't combing it because there's no reason I wasn't putting product in it or stuff i told you guys i mentioned you guys about two weeks ago i got a haircut and uh for about two days i guess because of the weight of my hair my hair was un was super fluffy and i couldn't do anything about it it was just kind of up i guess because of the weight of the hair and not being combed i just kind of had like this this static look about my head so i had to wear a baseball cap to kind of keep it down or use a lot of product on it but why don't you take man. a picture and send it to us i you know what i did take a picture yes! and I oh, beautiful beautiful is he gonna, is I, this gonna what? look more send like send me that picture and i'll use like it as a like, little uh, uh, art for the for the uh episode on the website Nice. So, uh, so quick, uh, uh, Johnny, uh, you think uh, this is going is to look more like a racer head or Bride of Frankenstein? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I, I'm waiting patiently. John, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Tell you the truth, John, you I'm, said I'm not sure that, that I can handle this. Your older daughter just graduated, or is she gonna graduate? She's going to. So we go to school until the end of June here. Okay. So Will they're they... doing a. They're doing a drive by, you know, we're we're driving through the schools. Uh, nice. There it is. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, at least you have that's, hair, Frank. Yeah, it's yeah. Not as, uh, it's not a stovepipe as I as I was hoping it would be, but that's yeah, really but impressive. It, uh, but it, it it's more. It was more impressive in person. Anyway, sorry, Johnny. We need to get no, a shot okay. of me and John and Bill. Uh, doing the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Bill's <laughs> got to take his hat off. Right. <laughs> we'll do that later. There you go. Yeah, nice. We'll do that there later. Nice. Solidarity. Right. Hey, uh, Frank, when we're done with this, the three of us will do that, and you take a snapshot of your screen so you can you got send it. it. Send it. Uh, anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt, John. You know how it is. Yeah, you no. Got, I did. You got to you got to interrupt to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> No, so they're doing the the graduation. That's on a really time. good point. If I could just say one thing real quick, 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're graduating. Yeah, that's it. Well, they, uh, you said it's a drive-by. The, so you'll get to what? All the kids will be on a stage and you drive by the stage or what? How's that work? So there's a, there's a circular driveway in the front of the school. Okay. And at the apex of the circle, they're going to set up the stage and they're doing like you have you will have a schedule where they'll send in like, I don't know, 25 cars at a time. And then you'll pull up. I'll pull up with my daughter. She'll get out of the car and get to actually do the walk. Oh, good. Up the stage. And on the other side of the circular driveway will be far enough away that family and friends and whoever can clap and cheer and take pictures and whatever. Then she'll stand on the stage. They'll do their thing. And then we'll pick her up on the other side of the stage and uh, and drive off. So, you know, the schools are doing the best they can do. I mean, hopefully we get stage two or three or whatever we have to wait on. And in July, they get to come back and do an in-person, you know, with the class and everything. That's the plan. Bill, what are they going to do for Zoe's graduation? How's it going to work? I said uh, we did that uh, We did that uh, two days ago, Friday. Um so uh um uh, we had uh, groups of groups of families that were able to congregate there at the Plano West um uh, high school and they would let in 10 groups at a time and one at a time you know 6 feet apart uh they would let uh uh, the person giving the uh, the empty diploma, you know, they're going to mail it uh, to the kids, obviously. But uh, um, uh, I went up there and I held the diploma, and Zoe joined me, and they're videotaping it, and they actually make an announcement, you know, Zoe McGonnell, and then she walks across stage, and I'm waiting there to to give her the diploma and kiss in the cheek and that kind of thing. Good. And then we took uh, group pictures afterwards, and it was. Uh, um, it was all very interesting because we were, uh, it was a very efficient operation. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of time to just kind of wallow in, you know, the moment. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, you're done. Okay, move, 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 keep moving. How many, moving. how many students in that class, Bill? Oh my God. It's a, um, Plano. It's a big school, John. <laughs> Plano, uh, Plano schools down here. I don't know how this, this will be cool, uh, to ask. Uh, I don't know how this compares to schools up there in your part of the, uh, the, the nation, but, uh, um, where I grew up, I graduated, uh, I had 2000 students in my school. Uh, it was uh, just junior and senior. Um, wow. there are, uh, about twice that many in Plano uh, and our school was the third biggest in the state when I graduated in Norman, Oklahoma. Norman. Yeah. Uh, there were two Tulsa schools that were bigger if I remember right. But, uh, um, those were bigger uh, than are- any in Oklahoma city. There are there are five uh, high schools um, in Plano that are all uh, magnitudes uh, uh, bigger than anything that the uh, state of Oklahoma had to offer. I mean, just and, and you know, again, Plano is Plano is big. Plano is where um, all the rich people live, John. Yeah, Plano is where, the, where all the rich people used to live. Now they're Frisco and Prosper. And this is true. The really rich ones uh, stayed down in uh, the really rich ones stayed down in uh, Preston Hollow. Yeah, yeah. The really rich ones live uh, just north of downtown, but um, but the uh, the the nouveau riche, uh, yeah, they keep moving north. So those cats are in prosper now, and so you got a lot of retirees where I live, which is fine with me. You know, it makes the uh, the streets. I was going to ask you, uh, Johnny. Uh, uh, you mentioned something about uh, walking the dog, and and you know, I I try to do that to to my doggy uh, pepper um, we try to go on a nice walk every day as much for me as for her but um 
you know, like so many stories across the nation, I, I swear to God, there's three times as many people out there walking, you know, walking around, you know, as, as dusk starts to fall as there ever have been before. And that's one of the things that, you know, you do hope that that keeps up, you know, you do hope that you, because, you know, we've got, um, uh, in in down here in uh, Plano, down here in Dallas, one of the their favorite things to do is they'll build these uh, housing additions, uh, and the driveways the uh, are all in the back of the house, uh, which I don't like. Uh, I grew up uh, the house I grew up in, and the house I lived in from '97 to '08 was all front loading garages. You know, so you pulled up into your front yard, and you get out of your car, and your neighbor is getting out of his car because you're both coming home from work, and you go, "Hey, what's going on?" And then you talk for five minutes or whatever, and you find out what's happening with other people, and then you go inside, and it feels kind of social. And I, you know, I, I again, it's one of those things. It's just common sense to me that, you know, in, in neighborhoods, subdivisions where you have these houses where the driveways are in back you'll never see anybody because you pull straight in your driveway, you know, or you're in the back of your house. And so unless it's just coincidental, unless you just happen to be outside the same time, you know, or you go knock on doors, you never see your neighbors. And I just, uh, that's one of the, the, the massive, uh, uh, downfalls of, of that way of planning. I just, I don't like it, never have. Um, but there you go. So uh, I think it's kind of cool that we've, that I've seen, you know, loads and loads of people out there, you know, out there on the streets. Uh, um, it's, it's pretty interesting that uh, people just kind of accept that, you know, okay, here, here comes a pair of people. Well, okay, let's cross the street. And we'll say hi to them, you know, from the other sidewalk. Uh, so you have a lot of conversations from 30 feet away, but, um, but you do have a lot of conversations and uh you know my only problem is that i don't do a lot good job of cataloging them so i have no idea if these people you know i'll meet someone who's like oh i'm like you know i'm like the house right behind yours and one over you know it's like well i should know this person and then you know you see something shiny and you get distracted and, you know, i i don't do i should take a notebook with me and go hey your name is you live here but that might you know i, I got a little tiny that little bit of a cop people. look that might be you know <laughs> that would scare people bill yeah, I, uh, maybe, maybe that uh, would would be a, a bad uh, foot to put forward there. Who knows? I uh, I recently moved into a new neighborhood, and Yay! that was uh, prior to the coronavirus thing. So you know, I was walking around, walking the dog around, and and waving the neighbors and stuff like that. Well, pretty much, uh, maybe within the first two weeks of the whole shutdown, uh, I noticed one neighbor. She would she was going to the fr- outside of her house. And she brought a boom box and she was doing some exercise with what looked like a neighbor. And so in the evening, every day, they'd go out there for about 30 minutes and do some exercises. And she's like, okay, and one, and kind of jazzercise type stuff, you know, <laughs> one, two, three, four, which is fine. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, the, these neighbors are making it work. Well, here it is six, eight weeks later, they're still doing it. And the crowd has gotten bigger. There's that's probably fantastic. maybe, maybe six people out there every day. They go out there around the same time. They're all like within their front yards or a little closer and they're just doing their exercises. And it's just some calisthenics, just some generic, um, jazzercise. It makes me feel good to kind of, kind of see that, you know, and, people and kind of making stuff work. How are you doing at that, Frank? Are you you starting to you starting to? It's maybe not as hard as it did when you are first you started exercising. Are you the guy that's just sitting or? in your front yard in a, a lawn chair with a pair of binoculars pointed at the group? <laughs> I was I was gonna. <laughs> I like, know. Look, you look know Frank. Frank is, look Frank at is the guy. Damn. Yeah, 
Frank is the guy that will organize a four-square game. He's absolutely the kind of person that would go over there and join in. And I, I just have this this, this sweet little conception of about uh, twelve beautiful babies, uh, you know, basically surrounding Frank and all of them doing jumping jacks and and, <laughs> and stuff. I just you know, uh, these these ladies are, are a bit on the older side. Uh, oh. They're they are very happy. You know, they're they're not within sight distance of mine. It's part of uh, NASA mine's walking routine and. We have to time it just right to uh, to kind of see them, but sometimes from from when I'm walking out direction, I can hear the music kind of going. So it, it's it's That's become awesome. a thing, and it makes me it makes me pretty pretty happy. Uh, I know there's one lady out there. I'm just guessing she must be maybe sixty, uh, but uh, uh, she is definitely enjoying it because it's it's giving. It, it, some type of camaraderie for her. She is definitely, you know, she's slower than the other ladies, but you know, she's doing her thing, you know, it makes me feel good. I was self quarantined for 45 days before I went back to work and my balcony has a, a view of the swimming pool and, and a bunch of other buildings. And I saw more neighbors, you know, that I'd never seen before. And I've been here four years and in those 45 days, I I saw more people than I'd ever seen in my entire, you know, time. And um, I did a lot of walking around the neighborhood. And just just like Bill said, you know, you, you see somebody coming, you're on the same side. One of us, whoever moves first, will walk across the street and then you'd wave. And um, I've seen a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, kindness you know, between human beings and stuff like that. But, and I was really hoping that something like this would, would kind of teach humanity a lesson. But, you know, while there's been a lot of good that's been going on, there still has been a lot of bad. And I struggled, you know, every day I have a different attitude, like, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket or, oh, the world's learning something you know, we're, we're going to make it through this. And it's just, for me, sometimes it's a, it's a real struggle to, to have a, a, a positive attitude every single day. But, you know, I, I look on social media sometimes just to find good news, just to find something positive. And sometimes I'll find it. And then sometimes I'll see something that just makes my blood boil. I mean, a lot of bad stuff has happened lately, but I think it's like horrible bad stuff. But I think it's important that we don't ignore that, but we also try to remember that a lot of good stuff has also happened. And we got to figure out how to, you know, navigate the two without being disrespectful to anybody involved. Amen, Brad. That's that's the truth. We are uh, we are living in strange times, and uh, humanity just needs to to come together and just kind of um, uh, just just remember we're all in this together, and 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 we need to work together and not apart. I don't mean to, you know, throw a wrench in the conversation, but. Um, well, it, it's de- it's definitely a, a well, an important issue. I mean, and Brad, you're you're talking about the. Uh, uh, the protests that, that have been happening, uh, yeah, you know, j- just to kind of time capsule this, you yeah. know, in case someone comes back and listens a year ago, like, uh, what were they talking about? Uh, yeah, the, the George, about Mr. Floyd's, George Floyd yeah, and, and the protests, and it's not just him, There's there were others, you know, it seemed like 
whenever the thing happened with George Floyd, that it just kind of that's when it really became you know self aware type of thing. But I suppose I'm even bringing it up because I okay again I had no intention of talking about this, but part of me thinks that maybe we should and. If y'all don't want to, that, then that's fine. But well, I, I, I mean, I, I want to applaud you. You kind of addressing it, Brad, and it's, um, it, it is a, it is a tough thing. I mean, uh, uh, black people are being marginalized, and and uh, uh, people have just had enough. It hits a little uh, closer and, and, to home because I have relatives on the on you know my kids' side of the family who are black. You know, I have a nephew who's more than a, a nephew to me. And he's half black, but for all intents and purposes, he's black. You know, he looks like a black kid. And he's got two little sisters, and they look like little black girls. So I've never been uh, what I think would be a racist person. I, I really honestly don't think I've ever been that. But I also understand that as a white male in this country, that I've probably done or said or thought things that would be considered racist. I fully acknowledge that. And yet, when I look at my nephew and his sisters, I don't, I don't see them as different than, than me. Well, I think everybody, uh, everybody is prone to having ugly thoughts from time to time. It's, it's how you act. Um, I, I had a, uh, one of the cooler conversations I've had with, uh, with my children, um, probably since the whole COVID thing started was, um, talking about why the, uh, the, the young protests, Floyd, Mr. Floyd, I'm sorry. Thank you. And the, the way it's sweeping the nation and seems to be, uh, it doesn't seem to be losing any steam whatsoever. Um, this seems to be a concept that people aren't just going to march for a weekend and then go back to their lives or forget about this. This does feel like a turning point. And my old point to the kids was, you know, we've, you know, people our age have lived through this a few times, not like the people who are, you know, adults, you know, or or old enough to be aware in the sixties, good gravy. No, but you know, we've seen everything from, you know, Rodney King, all the way up and we've seen it happen over and over again. And, you know, there's so many tentacles, you know, to this whole, this, this whole, you know, what's happening right now. Um, you know, a, a devil's advocate would say, you know, why is this, uh, become the watershed moment, you know, the pivot point for this, um, when, you know, uh, stuff that's happened to, to black gentlemen and, you know, since Rodney King, <clears throat> you know, has not caused that moment where it really feels like, um, you know, society, at least American society, you know, this is the top of the hill. And if we're lucky and if we do this right, maybe we're actually rolling downhill now. I think part of it is, you know, you know, the obvious part of it is, is media, you know, you, you know, things are covered like never before in history. And, you know, it's, you know, obviously that's, you know, everybody knows that. And, uh, you know, you can't, you know, when you've got a video that incontrovertible, that that was one of my things, the kids, it's like, it is stunning to me how, you know, how obvious this is, you know, you cannot spin what happened to that, that, that poor gentleman, that, that freaking, that unnecessary tragedy. And, um, I told the kids, um, you know, we've never seen anything like this. And, and we hope that, you know, at least in my lifetime, and we hope that, 
you know, people are saying, well, you know, what can you do? You know, um, you know, how, you know, does, does a, does a white person, do they, do they have guilt? Do they own guilt? Should they feel guilt? That kind of thing. Um, and I don't know how to answer that question. What I, what I have told my kids and I've told my kids this forever. This is, this is not something simply in relation to, you know, the, the country's state, your mental state, you know, after these protests started, but I've just, I've always tried to tell the kids and, and, and we reiterated this, uh, just a few days ago is, you know, you, it doesn't matter, you know, you know what black people as a race are different from white people. Asian people as a race are different from, you know, from, you know, Latinos, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not responsible to insist that everybody is exactly the same, but the beauty of it is you don't have to be. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the fact that there are societal differences, you know, uh, you know, on the whole between races of people. That's okay. What that is, is that's an opportunity to, you know, to expand, you know, to expand your own mind and your own perspectives. And I've, I've never understood. And the, I think the kids know this. And of course, my kids are, are are part Native American, and they're also part Irish. So I don't know what that says, but you know, they're not full on you know Caucasian white people, um, even though Sage looks as white as anybody who's ever walked the face of the earth. Um, but uh, but I said, what you do, you know, how do you, you know, you know, I'm glad that we had this watershed moment. Um, I'm 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 sad that uh, that this watershed moment hasn't happened before now. Um, I think a lot of it is, and, and my kids have both said this to me, it's like, dad, our generation is not necessarily colorblind, but we're more tolerant of each other than probably any generation that's come before that. The kids, my 13-year-old, my 18-year-old, they both agree that it really doesn't matter. You know, it, it, maybe it's a product of where we are, you know, geographically in the country or geographically in the Dallas area. You know, I don't know if the relative affluence of our area, you know, gives you the option to, to have that kind of, you know, emotional largesse or not. But I've tried to tell the, you know, the, the kids ask, you know, well, you know, or, or anybody, what can you know, what can an individual do? You know, uh, very rarely does one individual get the ability to shape national, you know, dialogues. Um, but what you can do, and I've always said this, is you show simple kindness to people. You know, um, uh, my kids used to wonder why I'd wave at pretty much everybody and say hi to pretty much everybody when we'd be out walking the dog or whatever. It's just like, you know what? You're never going to get to know anybody, you know, if, if you don't break the ice, if you don't make the first move, if you don't start out with a smile, you know, and, and, and an emotional receptivity, you know, to, to someone. Um, I just, I, I think that the one thing that, that you and I and, and everybody listening, you know, can do is just simple kindnesses you start out with a smile and you start out with the assumption somebody is a friend and like i tell my kids they can always prove differently but but that's where you start you know you start by assuming that everybody is worth your time and uh and um you know you go from there and uh it, you know little things do become tidal waves eventually not that whatever i'm doing is gonna but you know i i hope it helps you know it, it's what i've it's what i've thought to do to this point Johnny? So just re- really quickly, uh, you know, I work in a correctional facility, as as we've mentioned. Um, I've worked with predominantly African-American kids for the last 17 years. 
Um, I've seen that side of it, uh, how they get looked at on the street, how they get ended, how they end up in jail, what happens to them when they're in there. Um, you know, I've, I've seen that end of it. I work very closely with corrections, you know, police officers. Um, I know how their job is impossible. Uh, and and I, I think this is the word systemic that we're hearing all the time now. Um, you know, there's there's problems in the system. And it's partly because the 45, 50 year olds like us, these topics were never touched with us. Uh, we grew up however we were going to grow up on our own in terms of these topics. Um, so the, the only thing I, I guess I'd like to say is I know my kids are learning differently. I know your kids are learning differently and I, I have to think that's going on in the country and it might not be a five, 10 year fix, but our kids can straighten this out. And these on another buzzword uh, for lack of a better term, you know, the uncomfortable, com uncomfortable conversation like this stuff is going to come up now. We were taught you don't have a, uncomfortable conversations. Our kids are having them. And uh, and that's all we can do. Uh, just to add on to everything you've said, in, it, it, we're not only hoping for the best, you know, we're, we're raising the generation that hopefully is going to straighten this out. My kids are 25 and 21. And the other day. Uh, we were playing a game over at their house, and uh, I asked a question about the protests that had been happening all across, you know, the America, and there's some happening uh, close to home where I live, and my kids have participated in one, and we just had the the game just stopped, and we had like a 20 minute conversation about stuff, and I yep. I learned stuff from my children. You know, because like John said, my childhood was much different than my kids' childhood. I grew up in a time when I heard my grandparents say things that I would never say today. You know, and the reason they said those things was because that was the environment they grew up in. That's what they learned. You know, I learned from my parents my parents learned from their parents my children are going to learn from me but at the same time it goes the other way too i can teach my parents something and my kids can teach me something so i just for me the, it was the, um it, it was older uh it, it was older people there were uh, a, a few relatives in my family that uh had no problem with ethnic jokes and I remember as a kid listening to one of these going, really? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm super enlightened or whatever. You know, I did have the, uh, the benefit of growing up in a college town, though. So I, I didn't grow up in a typical place. And, you know, my, I know my experience was, was radically different because I didn't move around. And I had a stable set of friends my entire childhood. And my kids haven't had that. <laughs> they've, they've gotten to move around uh, quite a bit. So. Uh, their experience, like you said, Brad, is completely separate from mine. Um, they've been exposed to a lot of different people in their uh, their their early years that I haven't or didn't. Hey, Frank. The, yeah. Let me ask you about your childhood. You don't exactly yeah. look like a white guy. <laughs> I am Hispanic. Wait uh, a minute. <laughs> and I, I mean, can I, say, you know, I say that tongue in cheek, but there's also some truth to it. You don't exactly look like 
me and John and Bill. Right, right. So what and was what was your youth like? And you grew up in what, South Texas, Corpus Christi? <clears throat> yeah, I, I grew up in South Texas, which is predominantly Hispanic. Uh, so I can say that, you know, from a, uh, a, a racism standpoint, um, it maybe wasn't as predominant as uh, as your um, as others have experienced, you know, when you're surrounded by a culture that's similar to yours, you, you, you just don't, don't get that as much. Uh, you know, when I, when I moved up to North Texas, uh, you know, things, things changed a little bit, um, um, from, you know, how, how I was, uh, uh, treated, which I don't want to go in, into that, uh, in, in depth, but, uh, I, you know, I, I will say that, that, you know, when, when you do kind of experience, uh, things that, uh, that marginalize who you are, be, uh, because of, of your skin color, you know, it, it, it does tend to kind of, uh, um, it, it, it does tend to, to kind of, uh, um, you know, help hurt, hurt your confidence. I guess it, it depends, you know, some people grow stronger from it. Some people kind of shrink from it. Um, but what what I would like to to say, I guess, in bringing this whole conversation back around is, and what you guys have said about your about your kids and stuff is, um, you know, it, it it's a it, it's a factor that while we are seeing growth in our attitude, I mean, think back to where we were a hundred years ago and what our attitudes are towards race and where we are today. They're not perfect, but they have grown. I, you know, I hope and pray that maybe in in a hundred years things are way better than than they are now. And I know that's 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 a long ways away. But I, I, I mean, attitudes—they just take time to change. And and uh, and you know that that that's my hope. It's not going to be a binary thing. It's not like tomorrow, you know, someone's going to say one thing and suddenly it's just like, oh yeah, racism is bad. Okay, we're all on the same page. That's not going to happen. But maybe maybe in a hundred years from now, when when our grand great grandkids are are you know dealing with this, think things are are much better. It seems like things get filtered out over time. You know, like yeah. like attitudes. I mean, I, I realize this is, you know, like comparing apples to oranges, but slavery was like only 130 years ago or so. Yep. You know what I mean? So while we've come a long way since then, obviously, we still have a long way to go. And I, I always hoped that one day in the 23rd century, it would be just like Star Trek, you know, where nobody saw color and, and, and race didn't matter and... I, I really you know, I, hope it ends up like that one day. I uh, I heard an interview with a uh, football player. I don't remember uh, who he was. It was it was a black gentleman uh, football player, and his response was uh, he had a very interesting thing to say because it's always kind of been an ideal for uh, for whitey white bread to be colorblind. You know um, the the concept being that you see someone you know on their merits, not the color of their skin. And uh, this uh, football player, God, I wish I could remember his name, basically said, uh, being colorblind is a lot better than being racist, but I need you to see that I'm black. You know, I need you to understand that, you know, you're not dealing with, you know, uh, 
another white person, Asian person, or whatever. You know, I need you to understand. You know that that you know you're dealing with a black man who's had this history. You know, you know in um, you know in America. You know overall and specifically you know versus the police you know uh, uh, bad policemen over the last generation or so um, I mean if not you know always I mean, I'm, I'm sure that uh, um, I'm sure that, that that policemen did bad things to black people long before there was there's videotape of it um, but uh, yeah, I just I, I found that uh, a really interesting perspective uh, on the whole thing, and that kind of that kind of played into my theory that it's it's okay to be different, um, you know, it's okay to be different, and you know, if everybody was exactly the same, you know, what's the point? You know, it's uh, uh, much like uh, much like spice melange, you know, that variety is uh, is is what makes everything uh, uh, actually percolate, um, you know. Well, that's uh, why America, the Great Experiment, is uh, supposed to be a melting pot. You know, it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be a place where where we all assimilate. You know, no matter where we come from or what we believe. You know, um, you know, we're supposed to come together and have different ideas about how things work, and then figure it out. Uh, I I don't know. I'm I've always been kind of a a, a bit of a blind optimist. I think, um, maybe to my detriment, but uh, I while well, you know conversations I've had with kids, you know, you know, these societal changes, these huge societal changes, um, you know, you can't fix it in a weekend. You know, these things take generations, you know, these things take 40 years, 60 years, 80 years at times. Um, you know, attitudes do change and are changing, but, you know, I understand the frustration if, uh, if someone thinks that that, that pace is glacial and well, yeah, it's because it, it kind of is. We're, we're literally kind of waiting on a, a generation of, of old races to die off. Frankly. Um, I, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know how, how hot an opinion that is, um, and I certainly don't want. I don't want to throw a blanket over any group, you know, just as a whole. You know, I would never say all, you know, all blank people are like this. Um, but uh, you know, just the idea that, like you said, you know, we had you know relatives in our family, you know, and our parents, grandparents, great grandparents who thought nothing of throwing down a, an ethnic joke. And it's like, you know, as a, as a 10 year old, I'm thinking that's really unnecessary. And, um, you know, I, I don't see how that's going to help anything out. Um, you know, it turns out in 2020, nah, it didn't. And, uh, we've, we've, we're hopefully getting rid of those attitudes little by little. And, um, hopefully it continues because, um, you know, it's, you, you can't look at, at someone else and say, Hey, we're going to solve all your problems right this second. You know, again, the best you can do is, is, you know, be kind and humane and use common sense and, and, you know, treat someone like a person and, um, you know, just go from there and, and celebrate the differences. You know, I, I think as opposed to, you know, hiding the differences, you, uh, you lean into it and, uh, you use that diversity to, uh, to make you strong. That's a heavy episode guys. Well, I, it is. And I suppose it's my fault for steering it that way, but I don't want to think of it that way. It's just, it was on my mind. And if I can't talk to you guys about it, you know, who can I talk to about it? So, yeah. Yeah. As I said earlier, I, I do applaud bringing up the discussion because it is difficult to bring it up, especially among friends. And, uh, you know, because you all assume you're on the same page about, about stuff and, and, uh, and it's good to, good to kind of bring it up. And I, um, uh, I'd like to, 
give us some kind of congratulations for uh, for somehow keeping that uh, that talk uh, apolitical. <laughs> that could have devolved. That could have devolved into a mess real easy, man. <laughs> One of my goals with this show has to never ever address politics because oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> my uh, my thought about politics is that it brings out the inner a hole in all of us as a human being as facebook has proven time and time again indeed as we are all entitled to our you know political opinions i yes. just prefer to keep it out because uh, more often than not in my experience it has you know political discussions have just taken the fun out of life and that i don't want to do that on this show so. Well, back in the old days, you could have a discussion where I believe X and you believe Y, and we could go, okay, well, you know, I don't agree with that, but thanks, see you tomorrow. And nowadays, it's uh, I, I need to cancel you over your opinion. And uh, the idea that uh, that now you need to be punished, you know, for for your your thoughts, whatever they are, uh, is uh, pretty stinking dangerous. Uh, this country, uh, one of the healing things we need to do is we need to get back to a point where you can actually you can talk to each other honestly enough, and you can be vulnerable enough to expose your own opinion and not be crushed for it. Yeah, you know? um, that's one reason why. Uh, um, you probably don't see a whole lot of uh, tweets from me or Facebook posts from me. And I don't think my ideas are radical or dangerous or anything. I think they're fairly, fairly centered, fairly commonsensical stuff. But, you know, at least that's what it seems to me. But, you know, I'm, I've asked the kids a number of times. It's like, it just, you know, the whole concept of your generation being one that, uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily all try to be, you know, you know, Instagram influencers, thank God. But the idea that, you know, you all do live your lives online. And I've realized over the last five years, especially, I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? I just don't think anybody out there has a burning need to know what I'm cooking for breakfast this morning. So I'm just not gonna. And I also don't think that people need me to go on a political uh, screed. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll like, tell you guys my Facebook rule. Hit me. My, fa- my Facebook rule is I pretend it's 1990 and I just saw the person in a bar. And if I wouldn't say what I want to say to that person in the bar in 1990, I won't type it on Facebook. That yes. is an excellent rule kids i hope you noted that down very That's good a rule for success in life now i like that um yeah i just i have a, a bit more nihilistic uh viewpoint where i just don't think anybody uh gives a crap oh uh, you know what uh what i had and and you know if i do come out with it with a, a hot opinion on anything whether it's sci-fi or politics or whatever um you know, I'm more than happy to have a discussion, but I do think one of the downsides of the internet age is that um, uh, people with their internet muscles, um, you know, you don't have conversations anymore. You get shouted down. And There's no fear I, of getting hit with a beer bottle. Thank you. That's exactly right. Again, <laughs> it, it comes back to Johnny's uh, example. Very good. I mean, Johnny, your your example holds a lot of weight. If If anything – from having me back on here today, we've learned I still got it. Yes. Your <laughs> fastball goal. still has late movement, baby. Still <laughs> as humble as ever, Johnny. <laughs> Don't forget humble. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, who's the, uh, who's, uh, is that actually Jackie Robinson right over your head, Johnny? Right over my head? No. Uh-huh. 
Mariano Rivera. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's a dummy. I couldn't see the pinstripes from here. I, I saw the number 42 and uh, was trying desperately to claw uh, who wore number 42 out of my Best head besides Jack. Wow. Hey, uh, John, I noticed you got some blue balls back there, too. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I can't see my... Oh, those are balloons oh, from, okay. the, uh, uh, from the graduation... Uh, from the the yearbook drop off celebration, who just walked down the stairs? I didn't see anybody. Oh, they somebody Uh-oh. walked down while you were looking at us. It was a child, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. I also see what looks like an Amazon. Oh, yeah, there they go. Oh, there goes I a also pair of legs. An, hey, who is that? <laughs> bring him over here. That's Ashley. Ashley, bring Jeez. Ashley over here. I can't. I'm on headphones. She can't hear. You want to talk to these dudes? That's Brad. That's Frank. That's Bill. They're in Texas. Hi. Hi. Oh, is that the one that great is Oh, going to beach? Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Get hey, out does, of uh, this damn does, house. Does your dad still beat you? <laughs> oh, that's wrong. No. Okay. Does she uh, think you're uh, an idiot like my kids think I'm an idiot? That one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. you guys want to wanna... Brad, where are we time-wise? Um, we're about 16 hours, 50, <laughs> just over 50 minutes. Okay. Um, we can wrap this up. Yeah, let, let's wrap it up and then we could talk about what to, what to do next. But, uh, Johnny has been, it's been great kind of seeing you. I'm glad your family is safe and, uh, thanks for sharing their adventures too. the graduation adventures and stuff like that. Thank you guys. It's uh it was a pleasure. I'm glad I could do it. And, uh, if you'll have me back. I'll, I'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely need a fourth member. Let, let's uh, let's get Johnny M back uh, for reals. I've, I'm not going to hijack this now as Frank tries to wrap it up, but uh, I've been th- when Brad asked me to do this, I started thinking about the old days and and how it evolved, and uh, it's wild stuff. You could almost have a podcast episode on how the HHW LOD Empire was created and whatever the hell has happened since i don't know i haven't read a comic in five years but yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of in your, your boat johnny I, I i still keep up with the with the events but i haven't physically read a uh, a comic book in years we are approaching oh episode 500 you know oh perfect. you know it's, that feels like the thing it's literally it's literally not our 500th episode because there was the there were those lost episodes, right? You remember what I'm talking about? But it'll still episode 500 in number, so maybe we should have do something special for that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Maybe a cake. We need to get together and actually like actually like like hug each other for that episode. I maybe sure we hope. can end our quarantine on episode 500. I'm telling or you, one day I. I I make a a, uh, a Raiders trip every year, which may not happen this year because there may be no fans. But one of these years, I'm coming down to the Big D. Oh, please let us know. Oh, my God. Dude, dude I want to I meet you I've in got, Vegas. I've got 15 years of man More hugs. I've got 15 years of man hugs just, just, <laughs> just soaked up and waiting to explode. All right. Well, towel off and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and guys, uh, I guess I missed this. So the Raiders are in Las Vegas now. <laughs> yeah, well, Frank. Uh, hypothetically, nobody's anywhere now. I guess, but oh, yes, yeah, right. uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sure nothing will go wrong with all. How the did players I miss that? Game. Or, how what? How did I miss that? Oakland Raiders 
have been moved to Las Vegas? Yes. I had joking. I had absolutely no idea. I had no idea either. We found out about this about two years, two or three years ago. Yeah, it's been it's been two years in the making. There, well, maybe that's why I haven't thought about it because they just hadn't moved. If the big announcement was two years ago, I forgot what I had for breakfast yesterday. Oh my god! And and you think uh, Jerry World is impressive? They, they, uh, Johnny, down here in Dallas, we we call uh, Cowboy Stadium the Death Star, dude. That freaking stadium in Las Vegas. It. I just. I don't know. It is it ginormous. Looks like a spaceship. It, it is, is wow. ginormous. Awesome. It, it really. You should look it up. It's all black interior. It looks like the Death Star. It is wow. amazing. I worry. Two, I worry about two things. Uh, again, I'm killing us. Uh, no, no, no. You, you get this is good. Keep going. Don't don't worry about anything. Keep going. I I don't think that it will have any home field advantage because Vegas Stadium will be filled with tourists and corporations that buy the seats for clients and whatever. I'm worried about that. And I am worried about there being trouble, like gambling trouble, um, dead hookers, you know, things like that. Oh my that. gosh! I just looked it up on uh, on uh, Google. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, wild, it and it's, a, it's it's natural grass, and it's the the grass tray. So they put the tray out in the sun to get the grass sun, but then when it's 110 degrees, they wheel it back under the stadium. Wow. It is yeah, the, beautiful. Um, I'm looking the, at it right now, too. The stadium in Phoenix uh, pioneered that uh, that concept where yeah. the parking lot that is for, like, the the the, the C-suite and the players uh, is a big roped-off area, and they literally wheel the field out <laughs> from underneath the stadium yeah. into the parking lot, and it sits for two days or or six days or whatever, and then they wheel it back in, like Johnny's saying. And and then what a great idea that is! I'm I'm so glad uh, Jerry didn't do that here at uh, you know in Dallas. That looks but like something whatever. Palpatine would live on in Coruscant. Yeah, it does. It does. It looks like the uh, the top end of a, of a super star destroyer. Now all well, we got to do kind is... of embar- I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't know this was happening. Yeah, me too, Frank. <laughs> me too, man. Well, what about guys? What about the XFL? They started their season this year. <sighs> hey, I'll tell you what. Bad news. I tell you what. I went to a uh, uh, D- uh, Dallas Renegades game. It was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. More fun than I've ever had at an NFL game, to be quite honest. And I watched, it I watched breaks my heart two, a little bit yeah, that, that I, I they, may, two, they may be done forever. Yeah, I watched at least two games on television, and I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, but but uh, you had a good time, huh, Brad? Oh, it was great. The crowd was into it. It was, it was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. A lot of cool rules, too. A lot of cool rules that differ from the NFL. So We could probably use sports right now to help out yeah. things. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're uh, Dallas is oddly enough uh, getting the first uh, major uh, major sport, unless you want to count uh, German soccer or uh, car racing. But uh, the Colonial uh, Golf Tour uh, event that doesn't is, count, Bill. Well, a lot of people think the golf does count. I'm I'm, I'm not wild over it, but uh, uh, they're playing golf out in Fort Worth this weekend with the top. That's five. an activity. That's not a top, sport. That's an activity. The top five golfers in the world are showing up for this. So uh, yeah, the world's going to be watching. Uh, this is the first. Um, this is going to be the first live American sport. Like I said, other than car racing um, or uh, what uh, Island uh, Fight Island MMA. Um, you know, since January or March or whenever it was. 
Hey, uh, I, I have a question for Johnny concerning the Raiders. So you're so you're a Raiders fan, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So, and I didn't notice this until maybe ten years ago, but uh, you know, I was bringing up the old Raiders uh, logo, and you know, it's that shield with with the player wearing the old uh, football style helmet, and he has a patch on. That's cool. But his other eye is closed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird logo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. Uh, uh, I when I first saw that, I was going, what, why has it always been that way? And yeah. apparently it has, uh, I wonder what the thinking was behind it. It's just, and, um, and so they're one of the old school organizations that won't, they won't do alternate jerseys. They won't do alternate helmets. They're not changing their logo. It just, it is what it is. God bless them for <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe he's just squinting. Yes. But it, it looks like day <laughs> Maybe he's just squinting. Yes. And now we're so happy. Las Vegas, which makes no sense. But you know, I I think they should allow uh, swords strapped to the back of football helmets from now on. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, Not a bad I, idea. Someone once told me this, and I never looked it up. But somebody once told me that the old Miami Dolphins uh, logo was a dolphin wearing right. a football helmet with yes. a dolphin on it. Is that correct? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Very meta. (laughs) I'm looking it up right now. Hey, do you think they did that on purpose? (laughs) Yeah, there it is. There it is. He's wearing a football helmet, and it's got... Oh, it says M. There's an M on the one I'm looking at. All right, that's that's better than another dolphin. (laughs) He's an an angry dolphin, too. Yeah, it says there's an M on it. Yeah, that is a a mean old dolphin. You do not want to cross him. I think it should have been a dolphin on the helmet. That would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay. So we're not going to talk right. about the Patriots logo any then? Okay. No. Uh, we're, no, right, they don't time. count. Fine, whatever. Uh, thank you for listening to A Half Hour Wasted, home of the last commercial-free podcast on the internet. If you have a question or comment, send it to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. We'd love to hear you. Make us a Patreon page. <laughs> And uh, with that said, uh, we'll let Johnny go last. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever. I'm John. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. You're a lot better at this than I am, Johnny. Obviously. <laughs>